Welcome to the Poet and the Reader podcast. If you like chatting about all things bookish, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Shanice. And I'm Vina, and welcome to our Pride episode. Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. <laughs> We're very excited about this one. I have so much to tell you. I did a Pride bookstore crawl in yeah. New York City, obviously. I was so sad I couldn't go. I I was heartbroken that you weren't there because the whole time I was thinking about you. <laughs> yeah, like what? I was like, I you would have loved, loved, loved this. I would have, oh my God, Cass would have been so mad at me because I feel like I would have bought so much shit. Yeah. So well, ahead. they did have discounts and free stuff, which I thought was really cool. But I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it later. Um. But how are you? How are things? Oh, I'm so good. Um. I actually hung out with friends yesterday. Um. I was really. I. I hadn't hung out with them in so long. So, I was really happy. Oh, and nice. um. My my one of my really close friends. He's getting married. And so, um, mm-hmm. he, I got my wedding invitation yesterday, um, when he saw me. Cute. Yeah. And it'll be my first wedding as an adult, like going to a wedding and Cass is coming. So like, that'll be Is our it first... in Virginia or here? No, it's here. He, uh, yeah. He lives in, um, okay. it'll be, it's in Seacliff, I think. And the it, wedding invitation is so cute. I want to send you a picture of it actually. So oh, I'm going to send you a picture of it. That sounds fancy. Yeah. There's, it's so cute. And <laughs> it was really nice. Like catching up. I like, I like left at like 11 o'clock I didn't even want to go at first because I was just like I've just been kind of in a funk a little bit um, yeah because yeah. like we all used to work together and it was like such a good dynamic of people and then like when mm. they left like my friends keep leaving and so like now there's like a y- lot of young people it's like really clicky it- it's kind of getting like annoying to work there and like I just miss the boys, like B O I S, cause like that's what like it was just <laughs> it was just a bunch of guys, but not really, cause Adrian used to work there, you know what I'm saying? And then Taylor, um, yeah. and I don't know, we just used to go out on Thursday nights and like have apps and and just talk shit and like we were roasting each other, like it was just a good time, mm. like really good time. How about you? Okay. How are you? Nice. Um, it's been rough. I think I was poisoned when I got the booster. <laughs> Yo! So that hit me really, really hard. Um, and I've been getting like, I'm kind of scared to even admit it, but like kind of a brain fog since mm. I had the <laughs> yeah, I get that. the booster. Um, and my, my neck and my uh, left side is just has been hurting a lot. Like I mm-hmm. couldn't move my neck for a long time. Mm. And I was like, what is happening to me? I knew it was going to be rough because the second dose of Moderna like completely ruined me. I, I fainted and all the, the whole deal. Oh, okay, um, okay. But this time I, I did not expect the booster to be as bad, but it was almost even worse. Um, wow. But I'm feeling better today. But yesterday it was still hurting. Mm. And I'm forgetting a lot of things. Like, I usually forget. I don't have the greatest memory. But I've left my keys at home, like, three times this past week. And then yeah. my brother's like, what is going on with you? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, well, What did that lady put in my system? Well, you know what? It's interesting, too, because, uh, like, me and my cousin was talking about um, COVID. And we talk about how such it's such a, like, visceral disease that it hides. I didn't even know this. But, like, apparently it, like, yeah. hides in your organs, like, when you have COVID. And... Uh-huh. And I like the brain fog makes sense because when I had COVID for so many months, I felt like I just couldn't concentrate. Like I would just yeah. be Yeah, and like I'll be like forgetting what I'm talking about when I'm talking to somebody and then I'll be like Right. Where was I going with that? 
I know. I was writing emails at the shop, and I'm like, wait, what was I going to write in this yeah, email? It's yeah. really scary. It's not that I have COVID. It was just a booster. No, no, I So know. I was like, what? What? But What's you know, like, on? I know that Cass, like, every time um, Cass gets a vaccine, she'll have the same symptoms yeah. that she did when we had COVID, and I do too. Oh. So I'm wondering if, like, if you when you get the booster you would have the similar reactions as you would if you would have gotten it because did you never had covid okay. right i not symptoms no of covid i might have been asymptomatic but yeah like i never I had like the full-blown covid yeah like we had covid and like when Cass gets the um gets the vaccine she'll have the same reaction like um and she's double vaxxed because she took yeah. johnson first and then she ended up taking I want to say Pfizer she took or she took Pfizer I believe the second and so she got vaccinated three times and each time she had a severe headache severe like wow. fever and like felt weakness right. and then with me I had like um severe like weakness because when I had COVID mm-hmm. that's what that was one of my big symptoms was that I would like lift something and I'll be fucking sweating like and so I would have that wow. every time I get vaccinated yeah yeah i've been putting it off getting the booster because i'm like it's gonna hit me it's gonna be hit me really hard and it totally did yeah I'm so but i sad. have the trip coming up next week so i don't know how arizona is with like masking and all that so i was like let me just be extra cautious and get the booster um but i kind of regret it dude like my yeah. neck is all messed up yeah and i just i just want my my thoughts back in my head i'm like yeah. in the clouds right now <laughs> so if this episode is crazy this is this is why <laughs> right you know, crazier than usual. Right. Um, okay, so I guess we should check in. What are your last reads and current reads? So, um, yeah, this is it's a slow, slow time for me right now. So um, my last read was All of Us Villains by Amanda Foodie and Christine Lynn Herman. And mm-hmm. should do you want me to go into detail about it? Like the, the synopsis of it? I don't know, because we talked about it on the last episode. And I don't know if you if we should um, do another synopsis. I guess we can we can discuss it together, this one. Okay. If you want to talk about another book? So, okay. Because I read it too. We read it as a buddy read with Jalissa. Hi, Jalissa. Right. <laughs> Hi, Jalissa. Um, so, yeah, we should discuss. Okay. After okay. We go over our stats. Okay. Yeah. So, I'll mm-hmm. do the, I'll do the, um, the synopsis then really quick. I'll do a small okay. one. Sure. Just to remind people. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't heard about this book, then you're living under a rock, sis, and you need to get out of it. Okay. <laughs> so basically, every generation at the up at the coming of the blood moon, seven families in the remote uh, city of Ilvernath, each name a champion to compete in a tournament to the death. Um, the prize is an exclusive control over a secret wellspring of high magic, the most powerful resource in the world, one thought long depleted, and this book has four point of views. Mm-hmm. And that's the only mm-hmm. book I read. And I do have some things to say about it. Um, okay. Yeah, I felt like, A, there was no representation in this book. Like, nothing. It was just, mm-hmm. like, really flat mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when Julissa... Yeah. Um, so, like, Julissa... So, like, uh, V said this was a buddy read. And, like, in the beginning of the of our buddy read, I couldn't, like, pick up this book. Like, for some reason, I just couldn't, you know? So, mm-hmm. I read it a lot later than them. Um, not a lot later than them, but, like, they were still reading it. But I, like, started it, whatever. But as they were talking about yeah. it, I felt like, okay, this is going to be a... T- like... They're very villainily, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, like you guys made it seem like there was no redeemable qualities to a lot of these characters. And 
I didn't mm-hmm. feel like that. I was like, okay, I understand why some of these characters are doing what they're doing and I'm relating to them. And I understand, yeah. like, the bad things that they've done. And I'm just like, mm. mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's point, four point of views. Okay. Gavin's point of view was pointless to me. And then, <laughs> as I wrap this up. I have so up, many feelings about Gavin. <laughs> yeah, I felt like Gavin was just like, what the fuck is the point? Like, I get he was like, yeah, it felt yeah. like he was a juxtaposition to um, Alistair, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Well, to bring my point okay. and, you know, wrap it in the <laughs> bow, I think I'm a villain. And this, yeah. pro- <laughs> this proved it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so this was also one of my last reads, and I guess what Jalissa and I meant with how it was so villainous, mm-hmm. is that a word, is just the undertones of what was happening, not the choices they were making, because they were valid in their choices, they're trying right. to survive this crazy situation that they're in, but it was the, how it was handled, like, from the family's end, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's, like, the way they get these kids into this tournament is oh yeah very very scary to me and i i saw a few reviews of people saying like oh we wish we had like more on page violence or like uh there's deaths of some characters that we wish we would have seen and i'm like no like the fact that they just like blase just say oh this kid is dead and you're gonna deal with it right that to me felt more villainous than like what Alistair was doing or what Isabel was doing. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't know. I know you felt for Isabel. For for me, it was Alistair. Like, I was I was rooting for this poor guy. Yeah. And I feel so bad. I mean, I was, rooting it, I was rooting for him as well. But, like, I think Isabel was, yeah. like, my girl. I was like, bro, like, come on, make mm. it through this. Like, we got this, you know? So, for me, I feel like it was a wild ride. I don't know what I'm going to rate it. I don't know where you're going to rate it. You're probably going to give it a three. I don't know. There was bits of it that surprised me. But others, I was like, okay. From a YA perspective, I can see why this happened. You know what I mean? Right. right. Um, so I don't know if I'm just too old for this jam. <laughs> I probably am. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm definitely going to pick up the sequel. The sequel comes out in a couple months. And mm-hmm. just to see how it wraps up. And I really enjoyed the writing, so why not? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Uh, okay, so what are you currently reading? So I am currently reading... Um, <sighs> I had to take a long pause. Like, I have to... Like, <laughs> you have to build this up. Get everything together <laughs> in my will to, like, read this. Wow. Okay, so... I'm giving the third chance to Casey McCoy. Third and again. final um, chance, I'm, I hope. Third and final. Yeah, definitely third and final. I don't know. I don't know. I know that it's... Okay, I'm going to go... Oh, hold on. Let me get, not get ahead of myself. Do you want to hear the synopsis first or do you want to hear my thoughts? No synopsis, honey. Okay, synopsis. Okay, so this story is called I Kiss Shara Wheeler by Casey McQuiston. It is finally a young readers, which she been writing young readers with sex scenes. Let's just be yeah. honest. Anyway. Okay. So, Chloe Green is so close to winning. After her mom's moved her from SoCal to Alabama for high school, she spent the past four years dodging gossipy classmates and a administration at Willow Grove um, Christian Academy. The thing is that 
the thing that kept her going is willing winning valedictorian her own her only rival prom queen shara wheeler the principal's perfect progeny but a month before graduation shara kisses chloe and then vanishes on a furious hunt for answers, Chloe discovers she's not the only one Shara kissed. There's also Smith, Shara's long-term quarterback sweetheart, and Rory, Shara's bad boy neighbor with a crush. The three have nothing in common except Shara and the annoyingly cryptic note she left behind. But together, they must int- <clears throat> sorry. Mm-hmm. Together, they must untangle Shara's trial of clues and find her it'll be worth it if chloe can brag if if chloe can drag shara back before graduation to beat her fair and square so that's all i'm reading because i don't have the energy to anymore. <laughs> um okay so uh the uh, like mm. i'm still annoyed with the repetition um of her first and last name because she does it so often it's like shara wheeler shara no. wheeler and i'm like can you stop like and it's a it's just so annoying okay here's a question mm-hmm. have you ever watched glee of course okay so you know rachel berry yes this is basically the main character. She's like a Rachel Berry, which is just annoying because she, like, Rachel Berry had almost no redeeming qualities. And that's she was how annoying as heck. Right now. Like, yeah. yeah, like, she's like, like, Chloe is a hater for no fucking reason. <laughs> like, it's so annoying. And, like, I get, like, I feel like if you're going to have, like, the point of view be an unlikable character, give us a reason. So we're like, okay, she's unlikable, but, you know, this is why she's unlikable. Like, make her some of, make some of her qualities unlikable. Mm-hmm. We still have to read from her point of view. And then, like, also McQuinston stays shooting herself in the foot because main characters are never fucking interesting. But she always writes interesting-ass back characters. And I don't know what the fuck is going on with that. Mm. Because, like, you have these, like, really good qualities of writing interesting back back characters. Why don't you do that for your main characters? Like... Mm-hmm. they're just so like and i feel like every main character is kind of like the same person like she's writing one fucking character got it also, okay does this, this remind you of the one last up uh main character bitch this reminds me of looking for alaska the bootleg Ooh. version because <laughs> i didn't even really fuck with looking for alaska uh. either i read it as um like uh jessica cave let me borrow it and i just never read it but like basically like she she knew that she was gonna be missing mm-hmm. i don't know i'm about to spoil this because i don't fucking like it so like <laughs> if you don't want to spoil it like yeah. go to minute whatever yeah um like she she's like leaving clues behind so she she planned this basically from what i'm reading i'm 100 pages in she basically planned this a month before she actually disappeared and, like, mm. I don't know. I'm just kind of annoyed with her as, like... I'm annoyed with, with everyone right now. And I'm Got just, like, it. hate reading this book. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. I know you give authors a chance, which I give you a lot of credit for. Because when I... When you yeah. tell me who you are, I, I hear you <laughs> once. <laughs> and, yeah. and she told me. She told me the kind of author she is. And she's very popular, which, like, I I don't get, but you know which is why i'm like trying to give her another chance right i'm like she's popular for a reason i still don't know what it is mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel that i feel that all right are you ready to <laughs> move on 
Yeah. Okay. I'm just annoyed now. I'm just like thinking about this. But and you know, also <laughs> let me say just say one more thing. Yeah. Like, even though she has these very unlikable like everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, her books are, like, you can't help but read it. Like, you have to know what, like, I want to know where the fuck is this, uh, where the fuck is Shara Wheeler, like. Mm, So you're gonna read until the end, then. I am, because you know what? I've already guessed where she is. You have. Mm. I feel like I have. Okay. And, like, also, she just doesn't like anybody from her high school. And I'm just like, sis, like, even though you don't like the high school, Like, that doesn't mean that the people, that you should write off the people. And kind of, like, she went to this party, Mm -hmm. and everybody, and, like, these the jock guys, like, so Smith is a jock, right? He, like, plays football, and, like, Mm -hmm. she just told, like, just because she's from L.A., she just thinks, like, oh, I'm better than everybody. Like, all these people are, like, you know, Mm cow-tipping, motherfucking, southern-ass, brother-sister, head-ass motherfuckers, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, like, I just feel like she just, she just made everybody... She gave everybody like a personality, and that was it. And she so she's not giving well. anyone a chance then. Not really. Like only the people that like are like LGBT. Yeah. And like people who like are in um like because I'm from the south, right? So uh, not from the south, but like I've lived in the south, and like it's high school band. Like th- those are the things that like like people come back. Like my homecoming is a big thing like if I go back like a lot of alumni go to that like that's that's the thing you know Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. have a parade and shit like that like that but that's the south though like they pride themselves on like football barbecue and fucking I don't know (laughs) you know like small town living you know that's the way it is small town living basically you know and like like she didn't like she doesn't really give people a chance I don't know like I'm just annoyed with this main character to be honest how far in are you she's getting to know I'm a hundred and something pages in, but like now she's getting to know Smith and she's like, oh wow, he's not this type of guy. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like (laughs) not everybody's going to be like that just because they're from the fucking small town, you Mm. dumb bitch. Like just because they're not from LA. You're so angry. I love it. Well, no, because I feel like especially LGBT people, right? Like, and this is like a general statement. This is not like individually. I feel like there's a lot and you can see like Mm. within lesbianism and bisexualism, like a lot of lesbians won't date bisexuals because they're like, oh, you're, you're going to cheat on me, right? Man, but then as I'm reading, people don't like lesbians. as I'm reading Evelyn Hugo right now, that what you've just said. Anyway, go on, go on. <laughs> no, but like, I feel like there's so like, there's a lot of people who don't want to be judged, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it'll be those same people that'll turn around and judge people. Yeah. And I don't like that. I got you. I got you. Yeah. There's a lot of things I don't like about this book. But I'm so surprised you gave her a chance again. <laughs> I know. I'm a fucking idiot. Oh, jeez. Um, okay, so my last reads and my current read. Um, so my last reads is obviously All of Us Villains. And I also finished Maybe in Another Life by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Mm. I, I liked it. I did not expect how she was going to tie it up at the end. This is the thing. The whole point of the book for me was if it's meant to be, then it will be no matter what choices you make. Right? Right. But then... Well, depending on the choices that you make, that's what... Right. But if it's meant to be... uh, How do I explain this without spoiling it? But it but it depends on the choices that you make, what is meant to be and what is not meant to be, though. But then that, Basically doesn't that discredit book. the meant to be part? 
Like it, it's obviously I feel like your life is what it is based on the choice you make is one take. Right. Another take is like, it right. doesn't matter what choice you make. You're still going to end up with that person, which is what I feel like right. she did not go down that route. She went down the route. Well, I feel like this of, oh, I don't know. I don't know now. You kn- it's mm-hmm. kind of like fate and like, and your own divin like your own, it's like fate versus like your own agency, I guess. Uh, yeah, your own agency. So like, if you have faith or like your fate in something, like no matter what you do, you know, mm-hmm. th- this is going to turn out the way it is. Like, yeah. you know, that like people say, oh, everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, if it's happening to you, then it's meant to happen to you. But like, she kind of questions that in this book and like, depending on the choices that you make, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a bit. This is what's going to happen. That was an interesting take for me because I feel like it reminded me of the Midnight Library because that book is about a girl who goes into a library where each right. book is a different timeline in her life and she goes through different rounds. Right. So it really reminded me of that and I did not expect that at all. Um Midnight Library is way more depressing than this one. This one always ends in a happy in a happy uh, timeline. But um, yeah, right. I enjoyed it. And like, no matter what, like no matter what she chose, it was still right. meant to be. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no matter what choice she made, like she still had the kind of the same result within herself. Not mm-hmm. necessarily what's going on around her, right. but the lessons that she learned were the same ones. True, and I guess it. Mm, it's so tricky to talk about this book. Um, I would say mm, that we have m- maybe more than one soulmate is what she's trying to say. Like, no. But yeah, I, I like what she did with the story. It's not something that I usually read. But it's still, it's still yeah. I know in the last episode we like ranked our TJRs and I, I was right to leave it above One True Loves. <laughs> um, yeah. But. One True Loves didn't like, I, I don't know, like maybe in another life, like, made me think and and that you know that's another thing why I like her mm-hmm. as an art um as a writer is because like she writes these these storylines that really make you think like yeah. that one really like even though that was an early work that she did and you know maybe necessarily it wasn't as good as like her newer work mm-hmm. it still was like wow this is interesting within the romance spectrum you know like this was interesting right. to read about right it's not like yeah. a, a tropey yeah. kind of romance you know it was, it was not, not a tropey romance no. which I was just like so interested in like in like throughout the whole book. I was just mm-hmm. like, I loved the, the friendship. uniqueness of both storylines. Yeah. Like, oh, I love the you know I, I, fucking, I love the friendship. <laughs> the friendship was I love great. It. I love them. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. And right now, I'm currently reading two books. I'm almost done mm-hmm. with my reread of the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and oh, Shanice, I don't know how to I. I feel like I'm a roundhouse kick. I know, and I I don't get why you would. So this is the thing. I'm rereading it, and it's a very quick read, and, you know, I love that for me because I have to finish this by tomorrow, the latest. Um, But I am so – I don't remember being this annoyed with Celia. I really don't remember Mm -hmm. her being this way with Evelyn. Um. Right. So if anyone has not read the, one of those popular books on TikTok ever, um, let me look up the bio. Um, so it's about aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon Evelyn Hugo. 
She is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life, but when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant for the job, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. Why her? Why now? And yeah, it's pretty much her retelling of her story and of each husband that she was married to and her uh, friendship with Celia. Yeah, I was, I was getting, it was really hard to get like into the story at first. And I'm like, why is this happening to me? Because I love this book. So mm -hmm. what's going on? And I just feel like, I don't know if this is a spoiler, if I should cut it, but she Celia gave Evelyn such a hard time for being bi. And yeah. she gave her such a hard time for like doing her best to make sure that they were protected. Yeah. Should I cut this? Is this a spoiler? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, it's like it's biphobia. There was a lot of biphobia. Yes. Yeah. And it just frustrated me the whole time. She never yeah. gave her a break. They would have one blowout and boom, you, I don't see you for five or ten years. And it's like... Do, well, that was... Uh, a, to be fair, that was a huge blowout, though. Like Sure, but like at least where, have... Like, it was Mike Rivera one? Um, yeah, the Mick Riva one. Come on, that was a huge thing. Though. That was huge. I understand. That was so huge. I, but then I feel like you're not gonna understand the betrayal either because like you're you're a straight person. So okay. like you're not gonna understand the betrayal of that either. Like I it, guess. it's just it I feel like it just hits different. It does. Uh, like I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I, I still love the book. I still think it's a you know, it's a great way of telling this story because there's that whole waiting yeah. why Monique, why Monique is telling the story and all that. Um, right. But that also... But also, you mm, have to think about the betrayal. Yeah. Go ahead. The betrayal of, like, the biphobia, like, the biphobia, yes, it was, it was bad. It was bad because, like... But then it's also, like, there's another layer because, like, they live in this, in this very, like... Yeah, I know it's the 50s. Yeah, yeah. It's the 50s, right? Mm -hmm. So they're very repressed. And then, yeah. like, if I feel like if, if Evelyn was it just a lesbian, right, it would have been easier. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're just with these guys, but they don't mean anything, right? Mm -hmm. But because she's bi 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 bisexual, it's like, you're with these guys and it might mean something. Right. You might not be able to get something from me that you could get from somebody else. Like, as a gay person, as a, you know, mm -hmm. as a gay person, I understand that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, like, I, you know, like, I used to feel like that a lot more than I do now. Like, I think if Cash cheats, like, before my mind was like, oh, if Cash cheats on me with a man, like, it'll be way worse. But if Cash cheats on me in general, it's the lying that I don't like, you know? Mm. Like, just be honest with me. Okay. X, Y, and Z, you know what I'm saying? Okay. That's okay. just the type of person I am, though. I you got know? you. Um... Yeah. But yeah, that was the only part that I was like, I I can't get behind this love. I can't. But when yeah. they're good, they're good. But, but when they're really bad, Celia can be yeah. really cruel. Like the comments that she would make yeah. like about her body and like, yeah. oh, you're just like a pair of boobs. And I'm like, why are you saying that's the person that you love? Yeah. Like Because she's mad about everything up. though. Like that's <laughs> what it is. It's like she's mad about everything. Oh she's mad God. about not being able to like love love evelyn you know yeah. um she's not able to like love her in public mm -hmm. and like she's not able to do all that so like i feel like it was just like what is it like a displaced anger like she's mad I at guess. society but then she took it out on evelyn i feel that's what it was already living in a repressed time and like any little things that you could have done like okay i'm gonna do like we can't be out but i can do this for you 
We can't be out, but I could do that for you. When you start breaking those little things that I can do for you, oh, hell no. Now we're we're fucked up because, like, we can't even be out with each other, you know? Like, so. But, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it, but I, I have some issues with it that I don't remember I had the first time around. So part of me is right, like, right. why did I reread it? Because I'm going to change my mind. But I'm just going to leave it how it is because... <laughs> You know, yeah. um, and I'm also reading yeah. the strangest book that you picked out for me. I told you, <laughs> but but Guys, okay, okay, you gotta podcast? calm down. You got you're you're, you're jumping too soon. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm ahead of myself. Right um, now. So I really want to tell you about this book because it's not what what I expected at all. It's about two people who meet at an art institute, and by okay. chance. The way that the author is writing this is so... Like, I hope whoever is editing this in the publishing house cuts the way that that is done because the first, like... It's divided into parts. And the first part, instead of her... You might probably explain this to me. But instead of describing, like, the setting, she does as if she's writing a play and she does scene, set in, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And that feels... Right. super lazy to me because i feel like if you're gonna write a novel and you're gonna describe everything else but you don't describe the setting it feels like disjointed at parts mm-hmm. and well do you feel like it's it's lazy or do you feel like that's another way to write a novel? that's that's why i wanted to ask you like is that something i don't know i don't even know what the question is i i personally don't like it i feel like if you're gonna stick to doing like a scene or a play it should just be a scene or a play you know what i mean or if you're doing a novel novel just do a traditional sense of it yeah but what if she's playing with intersectional like uh genres though sure but then this there's a bunch of there's a bunch of like um books yeah but she's not carrying it through it's only in the first part and then she goes back to normal storytelling in the later parts and i'm like okay if you're gonna I don't know. It feels like wishy-washy to me. But let me just tell you what this is because it is wild. So they they meet at an art institute and she has a boyfriend. He's single. And um, he is a teacher. I think he's in... Is it a math teacher? I think it's a math teacher at a university. And he has very destructive thoughts and compulsive calculations. So in in his inner mm-hmm. monologue you're all hearing about how he wants to solve time traveling not to use it but just to solve it and i'm like okay you do you you do okay. you and then the main <laughs> and then reagan who's the main character is she's bipolar and a counterfeit artist mm-hmm. so she's going under a court-ordered okay. psychotherapy because she's you know going through her bipolar episodes and she can't control them so there are two people dealing okay. with like either destructive thoughts or a disorder, they meet and immediately you feel like there's a spark between them, but you have to keep in mind she has a boyfriend at home, right? So mm-hmm. um, they meet, they have a spark and they're like, okay, clearly we can't like make this go further, even though we have the spark. But what if right. we have six conversations and after the six, con- six conversations, we each part ways, which I thought that's really cool. Let's see where this goes. This is going to be super destructive, right. but here right. we go. So um, let's see. So they, they're both obsessive. They have eccentric personalities. And then they struggle to be without each other from the moment they meet. And then one mm. of them is clinically depre- depressed as well. It's like they're both very 
not meant to be together because they're going to destroy each other, but they can't right. be without the other. And I don't know where the hell it's right. going to go, but I'm like 100 pages in mm-hmm. and it's it's a TikTok book. And TikTok told me I'm going to lose my mind with this book. And I'm just like, it's watching, watching, I no, I'm watching a life. train wreck and I can't stop. I'm like, oh my God, these two people need yeah. help, but they're not going to help, get help. Yeah. Um, so it's not what I expected at all. Um, and I don't hate the writing, even though the first paragraph was like insane. <laughs> but the okay. first, so I made the prediction. Yeah, but the first well. Goodreads review is saying I cried, I sobbed, and I threw up, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what kind of a reaction? It's it's very hyped, and I'm a little scared about that, but we shall right. see. Well, that's my problem with TikTok books is that they're so hyped sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's not. I relaxed. know. Have you ever read before? Hmm? Uh, right, right. It's like the first book you've ever read. I'm like, have you ever read before? <laughs> like the first book yeah. you've ever read. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully I finish it before my trip because I have, you picked two more books for me and I have to get through them as well. Well, Car- them, yeah, Carrie Soto I'm bringing. So that was like my third. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I that know, book. You I decided. know. You was like, I'm not looking home without <laughs> that book, and I'm like, all right, relax. Like, but, I'm get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll let you guys know how it is. Um, okay, so this episode is our Pride episode, and yes. Shanice is going to recommend, or you're going to talk about five books on your TBR that are Pride. Am I right? Yes. Am I wrong? Yes. Okay. And I visited uh, five bookstores that were doing a Pride crawl over yes. the weekend and it was really really fun and I want to tell you all about it um yes. so the first stop that I made was Jalissa hi Jalissa you know what Jalissa said <laughs> that wow, I thought Jalissa was really went. funny I didn't know yes this is what Aww. you missed out on listen so to this mad. listen this is why you need to quit your job um anyway <laughs> so um what was I going to say? Jalissa said that we need to take a shot every time we say her name in the episode. And I was like, you are so right. <laughs> Yo, for real. We talk, we talk about Jalissa all the time. At this point, she just needs to be on the next episode. Like I know. I know. We really need to talk. Uh, so the first stop that we made was You and Me Books. And you is spelled Y-U. And it's located in Chinatown. This is a bookstore that showcases immigrant stories and creates a home for the community. They serve books, coffee, beer, and wine, which I thought was really funny. Um, yes. the, it's the first female Asian-American New York City-based bookstore. Which I've, I heard really about cool. this. I've heard about this bookstore. Yes, it's adorable. It's really tiny. It's even smaller than mine which is crazy i thought it was so small um but uh yeah i loved it they had a dedicated shelf to a friend of the owner who passed away during the pandemic and i thought that was really sweet um and they had a hanya in that shelf and i'm like yes that person had taste (laughs) um and lots of signed books by asian authors which i thought was really cool um but yeah, straight off the gate, you just come in one table and like it's all squished together. But it's really nice and welcoming and it was packed. So the one thing about this pride crawl is that people showed up That's hardcore. Good. Listen, um, gays, and- they're going to show up. <laughs> there was a point where I was like, I can't do this. We need to go outside because I was getting anxious. It was really, right. really packed. Um, but yeah, that was my first stop. And you're going to do your first 
book. So go ahead. Yeah, so um, I started off with a classic, Ruby Fruit Jungle by Rita Mae Brown. And this is actually one of the oldest books I put on my TBR list. And it was mm. during my first exploration of sapphic storylines. And I feel like you should always read classics because you learn where, you're, where you come from. I couldn't really find a synopsis on it. It just says that it's kind of like the like the one of the first like lesbian novels that that mm. like you know that came out during that time oh. and it's like highly recommended that's really cool never and heard it's of a, it. i believe it's an autobiography so or like um based on the the author of uh rita may brown's life or mm. something like that so i'm really excited to read it oh very cool Okay, so my next up was Sweet Pickle Books. I've never heard of this bookstore, and it was so freaking cute. They had a, was it a sheep outside? Like a, a fake sheep. Oh, <laughs> I'll sheep. post pictures. Yeah, I'll post pictures online. It was so, like, eccentric and weird. So it's a used bookstore, okay. and it has, like, lots of potential, but it was tiny and super packed. Like, there mm-hmm. was a line just to get to fiction, and I thought, holy crap. There was no AC. I was feeling anxious. I was like, yo, Jules, let's get out of here. But I want to go back with you because I think you would love it. Yeah, um, and also, they actually sell pickles. It's it's the name of the okay. store and they actually have pickles. So also no, worth noting, they buy books and accept donations and all donations get free pickles. <laughs> I love that. So I want to bring some books. <laughs> we No, for real. That's why I mentioned it. So you can, you know, unload because I know you have a lot. Yeah, and I um, yeah, I definitely want to go back. It was super cute and the decoration was great and they had a really good selection and I wanted to buy stuff, but it was just <laughs> too packed and I was like, I yeah. can't, I can't do this. So let's come back another day. But people showed up. People showed up. <laughs> I love that. Okay. You're next. Okay. My next one is uh, Crossfire by Stacy Ann Chin. And this is poetry I picked up at the Lit Bar. Um, I read mm. Stacey Ann's Chin autobiography, um, The Other Side of Paradise, which I really enjoyed. And I had some, um, I had always seen clips uh, read and read some poetry of hers, but this is her first full length uh, collection of poems. Um, mm. Crossfire collects Stacey Ann Chin's empowering feminist LGBTQ Caribbean activist driven poetry for the first time in a single book. So Stacey Ann Chin is actually from Jamaica. She grew up in Jamaica and she's mm. half Jamaican and half Chinese or some type of Asian, I believe. Okay. I, like I'm I like her book, you know, I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. she never knew her dad. And I, that was the first time that I um, I realized that there's a huge like Asian population in Jamaica. I never knew that until I read I never book. knew that either. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my next stop with Jules was Blue Stockings. This was our favorite. It was okay. amazing. And you also need to go. We just have to do this whole crawl again with you. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, so nice. So I remember going to their first location years ago, and it was very tiny. And now they have this massive space, super well decorated. They have murals for Octavia Butler. Um, the other mural was Anais Nin. Is that how you say her name? Oh, Anais Nin, I love her. Who you love, and I immediately I sent her. you a picture. Um, so a little bit about the store is that it was established in 1999, but since 2021 is worker-owned. So the people that work there have a ownership of the store, which I think is yes. amazing. Um, for the day, if you purchased anything, you got free coffee or free tea. 
super sweet. Um, and it is New York's only queer, trans, and sex worker run bookstore. What? It offers, I know, I know. They hit they all are the boxes, amazing. Baby. <laughs> Out of all the bookstores, they were the only ones, like, limiting how, how many people came in, which I appreciated because I was, like, overwhelmed with the other stores. Yeah. And they check if you have your uh, vaccination card, which nice. I thought was really, really, really nice. And they had – the way they divided each genre was really cool. So, like, there was one part with all, like, fat study books or incarceration mm-hmm. books or, um, you know – obviously lgbtq books and really nice displays right in front of the store um everyone was really really nice and at the back of the store they had a seating area where you can chill and have your coffee or tea and this is where i bought my first book and it's one of chase's favorites um i don't know if you're ready but now i own (laughs) last night at the telegraph club by melinda Lowe. i'm surprised you didn't (laughs) buy that at the um at the other place I know, because I, I couldn't. I couldn't even make the line to see the, the selection. Yeah. Um, so this was the only store that I could actually, like, purchase something. Um, right, right, right. And we both got it, Jalissa and I, so we're going to buddy read it, and then we're yes. going to talk to you about it. Um, so if no one knows what this is about, you, you probably should by now, because Shanice loves it. But it's about a 17-year-old, uh, Lily Hu, who can't remember exactly when the feeling took root, that desire to look, to move closer, to touch. Whenever it started growing, it definitely bloomed the moment she and Kathleen walked under the flashing neon sign of a lesbian bar called the Telegraph Club. Suddenly, everything seemed possible. I am very excited because I know you love this book and you love this author. So we both yeah. got it. Yeah, That was my first read of the year. So great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. We're probably going to read it next month because this month is crazy. Um, you guys should yeah. read it this month because it's pride i know okay you're a genius <laughs> but Thank dude you. this store <laughs> this store <laughs> is amazing like i need you to visit it because it's so so cool um, yeah i need to like i need to do my own uh, like fucking pride crawl for real this is a yeah. great list so everyone yeah. listening please visit this this and all the other bookstores they're really cool yes all right you're next Okay, um, so for my third book, it's called All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. And so mm. this recommendation um, came from one of my besties from another testie. <laughs> you get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because she's my dad's best friend's daughter. So um, uh-huh. like her dad is my dad's best friend. And so we grew up together and Cute. I call her my bestie from another testie. And she's an ally, like the best ally in my life. Like she's a huge ally. Um, It's funny because I actually watched my first sapphic movie at her house when we were youngins. Like we were Mm -hmm. not supposed to be drinking, but I snuck us up a bottle and we were drinking and watching the warmest color blue. And it was like one of my favorite days of my of my life. But um, anyway, I want to give her a little shout out. Her name is Mel and um, she's an English teacher at... I believe a high school, um, but she runs an LGBT focused book club with her kids mm-hmm. and I admire her so much. And this is one that she showed me, which it, I don't think her kids can read it, but like she showed it to me like, Oh, like while she was doing like some research, she found this book and like, and you, we always like, um, send each other books. And this was one of the books. So, um, yeah. 
It's a series of personal essays. Prominent journalist and LGBTQIA plus activist George M. Johnson explores his childhood, adolescence, and college years in New Jersey and Virginia. From the memories of getting his teeth kicked out by bullies at age five, to flea marketing with his loving grandmother, to his first sexual ex- uh, relationships, this young adult memoir waves together the trials and trump- triumphs faced by black queer boys. And I feel like um, one of the reasons why she showed it to me is because I grew up in Virginia, so, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. She sounds great. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Her name's Mel, guys. Like, she's amazing. Uh, cute, cute. Yeah, I think that you guys would get along. I don't know why I haven't introduced you guys. Like, she's so cool. Yeah. Is she in New York? She's... Yeah, she's in, uh, oh. she lives in Inwood. Yeah. What the heck? All right. Yeah. <laughs> she lives in Inwood, like, like Manhattan Inwood, not, like, Long Island uh... Inwood. Okay, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Alrighty, so the next bookstore was hella weird in the best ways. <laughs> never heard never heard about it until I did this crawl, so I was really happy okay. that we went in. It's called Pillow Cat Books. And it's the okay. first it's the first animal themed bookshop in New York. Located in the oh. East Village, it is small green and filled with used new vintage antique books of all types and in all languages they have books about art photography design fashion literature as well as comics and of course they have kids books the only common thing of all of these books is that an animal or an animal character must be present so when we walked in there i had no idea about this until i walked in Uh and i'm like wait why is there like a Sheba in every book? Why is there dogs and cats everywhere? And then I know there's horses and bears. And I'm like, oh my God, this store is different. And I, I loved it. It was really cute. Right. Very tiny, very small selection. But just to like be around cat shirts and t-shirts, I would tell you to go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. That's a so place me and Gia will go to together right there. Yeah, you should definitely yeah. go. It was weird, but I loved it. I love how every ending of the... She's like, you should definitely go. Like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> you should have been there, is what I want to yeah, say. I, I had to work, which is annoying. I know. I know. All right, what's your next one? Okay, my next one is You Better Be Lightning by Andrea Gibson. And I love Andrea Gibson. She was my first introduction to slam poetry. So this is her newest collection of poems, which I'm really interested to see because uh, she had a battle with cancer. And Mm. I really want to see, like, the type of, like, like, poems that she wrote in this, like, mind frame, you know? So um, the poems range from close examination of the deeply personal to the vastness of the world, exploring the expansiveness of human experience from love to illness, from space to climate change, and so much more in between. And Andrea Gibson does very well with, like, writing these very, like, political, um, like, you know, um, poems and, like, Mm -hmm. love poems. Like, I think those are her best works, like, for me. Like, she wrote, like, something about... um, she wrote this poem about Orlando, what happened in that um, LGBTQIA um, club, and it mm-hmm. was like one of the best poems that I've I've read. I've read like personally, mm-hmm. I love that poem so much. Wow, yeah, nice, very cool. All right, so we're up to the last bookstore. Um, it yes. is McNally and Jackson. We went to the Soho location. Now they have four locations, and my favorite one is in Seaport, which is like 
absolutely beautiful and i highly recommend um it's on an owned and operated by sarah mcnelly and what's so interesting about her is that she owns four at this point here but her parents have a whole chain of bookstores in canada so it's like wow. this family is just bookstores all over the place, which I thought was really cool. I love that. I know. Um, and each section, have you been to a McNally and Jackson ever? I don't think so, no. So each section in fiction is arranged by geography, not okay. by author. So I if love you want, that. I know, if you want books set in like Asia or Australia, like they're all, they all have their own small little sections. And I think that's really cool um so yeah we didn't purchase anything but we took a lot of pictures and i'm gonna post them on our instagram and bottom line is everyone needs to go visit them and so should you (laughs) (laughs) um do you have more more book or is that it i did i did have one more book you want me to talk about Yeah, go for okay, it. so um, this one, She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan. And I'm seeing this a lot on, on TikToks. And I actually saw the recommendation from TikTok. Um, a TikToker uh, by, the name of, uh, by the name of Read by Finn. And Finn is with one N. And since I followed her, I found so many sapphic reads. Didn't even know about. And, I j- and so, like, if you want to know more about sapphic reads or, like, mm-hmm. one more recommendations... I recommend you go to her because I go to her page mm. to see some sapphics too. Um, okay. I also added this in my queue. I added this up in my queue. I actually got it from the library because I'm being very transparent right now when I say I don't have enough AAPI representation. And, mm. you know, and I, and like one of my, like one of my priorities is making sure that my shelf is very diverse. And, um, I also love learning about Asian culture and I've been exposed to it heavily within the last few years specifically because my best friend is Filipino and Japanese. So I've learned so much about like, you know, about like the culture of Philippine, the Philippines and Japanese. But this specifically Mm -hmm. um, is about Chinese culture and they describe it as Mulan meets the Song of Achilles. What? An accomplished poetic debut of war and destiny sweeping across an epic um, alternate alternate china which i'm like what that sounds crazy right okay so (laughs) in a famine stricken village on a dusty yellow plain two children are giving two fates a boy greatness a girl nothingness in 1345, China lies under harsh Mongol rule. For the starving peasants of the Central Plains, greatness is something found only in stories. When the Zhu family's eighth-born son, Zhu Changba, I'm sorry if I fucked up that, is given a fate of greatness. Everyone is mystified as to how it will come to pass. The fate of nothingness received by the family's clever and capable second daughter, on the other hand, is only as expected. When a bandit attacks orphans, the two children... When the ban- when a bandit attack orphans, the two children, though it is Zoe Kongba... Uh, Kongba who succumbs to despair and dies, desperate to escape her own fated death. The girl uses her brother's identity to enter a monastery as a young male novice. There, propelled by the burning desire to survive, Zhu learns she is capable of doing whatever it takes, no matter how callous to stay hidden from her fate. After her sanctuary is destroyed for supporting the rebellion against Mongol rule, Zhu uses... um, 
Zhu uses, uh, takes the chance to claim another future altogether. Her brother's abandoning greatness. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, like, so her brother is, the destiny is greatness, and she is nothingness, and then he dies, and she takes on his identity, so, like, now she's what? in his fate. You get that? Like, that's what yes. I got from reading it. Yes. Yeah. That sounds amazing. We need to pick right. it up right now. <laughs> yeah. I'll send it to you, and it's yellow. I don't know why, nice. I just... I just had to tell you it's yellow. It's a yellow book. It's important. Yeah, it's important. Wow. All right, guys. We hope you enjoy the recommendations and please visit the bookstores. They need all the support that we can give them for real. Um, And I guess we're going to end with the poem that you were recently published. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I got um, a published with Periphery. Mm-hmm. 59 it's called the creator and um one of my small book poems got published from there I actually forgot about it for a while and then I was just like I got the book and I was like what is this and I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's called divorce the tangled lovers spend hours unraveling their bodies soaking sore muscles have become almost a tribute for the better the act of saying goodbye takes hours she turns the warm cloth against his skin They both know when he shivers against her touch, it will be the last time. When asked why, he says, she is an infestation of moths, his heart surrounded by her webbing. When asked why, she says he vanished. She watched a man, once a husband, angles of his body no longer memorized. The turn of her fingers glide across his swollen shoulder. There were nights they fucked so hard she mistook it for a commitment. That's it. Damn. Cass asked me how I wrote this poem, and I'll tell you. Okay. I had to write a poem that had, um, that had our, wait, had cloth, moths, angles, and, uh, another, and angles and another, another word. I forgot which one it was. Um, and that's what I came up with. It was four words that I had to put into a poem. And that that's was beautiful. What I wrote. Yeah, wow. thank you. Thank you so much. That was awesome. <laughs> Problem. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> We're going to take a moment to, to, to gush. Um, all right. So I guess that's it. Thank you so much yes. for listening. And when we come back next episode, I will have a lot to tell you about the trip because I'm going on another book crawl. But this time in Phoenix, so I'm very excited. Yes. yes. I'm so excited for you to go to Arizona. I it's know. It's hot as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going in June. Good luck. My best friend uh, said yeah, it's hot thank as fuck. Oh, uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Bye.